If you just knew how important it was to learn blah blah, blah. sit. Wait a minute, you did it. Blah 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 blah. Lay down. Shake hands. Stay. Speak. Alright, good boy. Four finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount, proudly brought to you by The Simpsons' Best Moments Facebook page and NoHomers.net. I am Dando. I am Mitch. Today we're here to review Bart's Dog Gets an F. But before then, Mitch, how's your day been? Oh, well, it's uh, firstly we should set the scene. It's a very hot day here in Geelong. We are going to be topping 41 degrees Celsius, which I believe is around about 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Is that the first 40 for the year? First 40 for the year. It'd have to be. And you're going to play cricket today. I was going to play cricket. Cricket has been called off, which means I can settle in for the long haul. I've got my Coke Zero, courtesy Dando. Yeah. Um, I didn't even see you grab that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he offered it. I said no. And then about 30 seconds later, I went, ah, geez, I really should have taken that. Yeah. Now, why why is this one going to be going long? We are. So, we're we're a week away from Christmas. Yeah. And what came out this week, Dando? You're very excited about it. Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars premiered a couple days ago. Twice Dando's seen it twice, I've seen it once We're going to be doing, a, well we're going to do a Christmas show So this review we're aiming to get up in a couple of days And then we're going to drop a Christmas Because your Christmas holidays, like you see people And then you have downtime, you've got nothing to do really So you're going to have Christmas with Dando and Mitch We're not going to really be talking too much Simpsons related Maybe a little bit, but we're just going to sort of freeform for the next episode We're just going to recap the last six months We've only been doing this for six months Yeah, exactly It's amazing it's- how far this show has grown in such a in short, such a short time. time Yeah uh, but before that, I had a run-in this morning that I need to share with the listeners. Go for this it. Is, this is one of the famous... Normally, when I'm trying to think of embarrassing stories, it's stuff that's happened to me years ago. And I'm like, uh, what have I got? But on the way over here, I popped into a, a coffee shop that I go to a fair bit throughout my normal working week. Yep. Now, I was wearing some sunnies, took them off when I came inside. Now, I normally wear glasses, as most people would be familiar with throughout my regular life. The guy serving me is going, oh, what's happened to your glasses? And I was explaining to him, going, well, the sunnies that I have are actually prescription sunglasses. So, it's a real pain because when I come inside, I either have to take them off and then I like can't see, <laughs> or I have to wear them inside and look like an asshole. Yeah. At the exact moment, Dando, the exact moment that I said that, I turned around and there was a fucking honest-to-God blind man wearing sunglasses <laughs> standing <laughs> behind me. How did you know he was blind? Because they were like those big, he had uh, a stick and they were those really big, thick, blind people's sunglasses. Maybe he was deaf as well, so it's okay. I called him an asshole. To, to recreate to the audience exactly how that sounded for me, though, if you can get the Kirby Enthusiasm theme music, this is this is exactly how I've it played out. I've already put it in. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that is, by the way, the best like closing sequence music of all time. Oh, yeah. And how often do you hear that in your own life? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Is it like a tuba at the start? Is that what it is? I think (laughs) so. (laughs) It's definitely the brass section. That's what makes the show for me. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. That that is a great show, Kirby Enthusiasm. It is. I love it. It's so good. I remember I never I just hate how often my own life resembles it. You actually are Larry David. In ways. Yeah. In many, many ways. (laughs) All right. Should we get into the review? Uh, yeah, please. So, Bart's dog gets an F. What, were you, what did you remember about the show before you went back and watched it? Very, watch very little. I just remember that I hated the dog trainer. I, I didn't rem- even remember the dog trainer, really? to be honest. Yeah, no. The only thing that actually stood out to me was the line of Bart trying to cover up for the fact that he can't give Santa's little helper any instructions. So, when he's... Sit! 
I said sit. Um, take a walk. Sniff that other dog's butt. See, he does exactly what I tell him. That's the only thing from the entire episode that I actually remembered before I sat down and watched it again. I all remember that the dog did that they made him go to obedience training was that he chewed up the quilt. Besides that, yeah. I couldn't remember. I completely forgot about the assassin. I'd forgotten the quilt was even in the episode. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. I remember the quilt, but that's all I could remember. Yeah. So, for for that aspect, it was kind of fun to sit back. Uh, it was one of those real rush back, like, oh, yeah, that's in this and that's yeah. that. That's what's so good about going back and watching these old ones. There's so many good things that you forget actually happened. Yeah, or you forget the specific episode that they happened. I mean, if you had have spoken about yeah. the quilt, I would have gone, oh, yeah, I, I know that little plot, but I wouldn't have been able to tell you when it was. When it comes to mind for me is, um, remember Moaning Lisa when they have the subplot of Bart and uh, Homer doing the boxing game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's always one of my favourite subplots. I completely forgot it was such an early episode. Yeah, I, I don't know if we mentioned this when I recorded it, or when we recorded it, rather, yeah. that that subplot was so big in my mind, I thought that that was actually the the main plot of the episode Same, in my memory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was also um the first appearance from Tracy Ullman on the show. Tracy Ullman? Ullman? Ullman, yeah. Ullman. So, she apparently didn't want to be on the show beforehand when there were shorts on her show, but then her show got the axe, and she was like, I'll be on your show I'll now. come in now. You know, for a really long time, I didn't realise Tracy Ullman was a woman. Really? It, you think, particularly in that era- How almost, could a woman have her own TV show? No, it's not that, but name the big TV show hosts. Like now you've got Alan, and I guess there's Chelsea Handler. Mary and Tyler sort of thing, Moore, for, show. For a really long time, like you think your Lenos and your Lettermans, they have a bigger profile than anybody else does. And I always assumed Tracy Ullman must have just been like a, a Tracy Morgan, like a male Tracy. Yeah, okay, yeah. I can completely understand that. Yeah. So, it, that, you know, small thing just to open up into the ignorance of my brain from yes. time to time. And she voices uh, the dog trainer in this episode. Yeah. And, and also the old lady. Yeah, Mrs. Winfield. Damn yeah. it, that was one of my trivia questions. Uh, <laughs> off the top. Also, it's the first appearance from Frank Welker, who voiced all the animal noises in this oh, okay. episode, and he stayed with the show until 2002. I think I'd heard. He's like the go-to animal guy, isn't he? Like, if yeah. you need a dog to be voiced, that he's he can bark better than anyone else. He does a lot of uh, other popular characters, too. That's going to be another trivia question, so don't do any research during the episode. <laughs> I'm going to ask you a question at the end. Well, I'll see your voices. Alrighty, so uh, the original air date for this episode was March 7th, 1991. The chalkboard gag was, I will not sell school property. And the couch gag was, everyone comes onto the couch with the pets and they just sit there. Now, the plot overall for the episode, really, obviously the name, Bart's dog gets an F is a riff on Bart gets an F. Yep. And the plot is almost identical uh, yeah. when you have a look through that. And we'll, we'll talk about just it with the resolution and the way it all happens. But it is almost beat for beat exactly the same. Yeah, because he's going to fail and he just clicks at the end. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, in you're a right. moment of uh, emotional breakdown, that he just, out of the fire. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Phoenix Rises. Out of the episodes that we've reviewed so far, I found this one one of the ones I could really relate to. Having a dog? Yeah. I think having a dog now has made me like the episode more than what I did when I was younger. See, I, when I was younger, I had a... Look, here, picture, Sophie. She was my dog when I was yeah, a kid, is that right? A German Shepherd? Yeah, German Shepherd, yeah. And yeah, she's... Jet, Jet's not my favourite dog, you know, now, but yeah. she was always... She was my first dog that was mine. You know, we always had the family pet, yeah. but Sophie was my dog, and she was really naughty. She'd yep. always be digging holes and chewing things. And it got to the point... She was always drawing on the walls. Exactly she was right. never flushing the toilet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And was, she was always leaving her fruit under the bed, I assume. <laughs> and there was points throughout the episode where it was always like bang on exactly what happened with Sophie. And I. We're, we're going to have to get rid of her until she, unless she trained and got a bit better, you start, yep. you know? So, yeah, th- this episode really resonated with me because it reminded me of when I had Sophie, which and Sophie's, I love Sophie. She's a good dog. Alrighty, so it started off with uh, the newspaper getting delivered and remember when you used to get the newspaper delivered? That was a big deal. 
Well, people I, people still do get newspapers. Yeah, delivered. but is it just I a guess like nostalgic with, thing? <laughs> I think so because I think it's people without access to the internet. I really like. For me, I see newspaper delivery and I think of the game Paperboy. I don't remember that oh, game. It's the old Seeker game. You're a little kid on a push bike, just riding up a street, and you had to deliver newspapers. That was a game. And there would be obstacles. That's like, you'd crash into cats and dogs and stuff like that. Every now and then, I think something would run in from the side and get you. And then you get to the very, very... Like, once you'd cleared the street, if you broke windows, you lost points. <laughs> really? And if you... Uh, well, can you throw harder or softer and stuff? Uh, it's just about the timing. Also, if you just hit the window, that's it. Yeah, so yep. there'd be, like, you know, a house with a window frontage and a letterbox. If you hit in the letterbox, that was, like, maximum points. If Jackpot. you got it on the front lawn, it was okay. But, yeah, you could go in through a window and lose points. And then those people would no longer... If you either missed a house or if you broke a window, then they wouldn't ask for your delivery anymore. Or so, if you dumped them down the drain. Yeah, so there'd be only certain houses you're allowed to deliver to. I remember, it's, a, it's a brilliant game. I remember, <laughs> I remember helping Michael, you know Michael, I remember helping Michael would do his paper run when he was like maybe, well, might be year eight, I reckon. Yeah. You do the first block and then you throw them away. He dumped them in a bin. I yeah. was like, you can't do this. And he goes, now it's all right. They still pay me. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't have a job for much longer. <laughs> Alrighty. So it starts off with um, the dog chewing up the paper. And at this point, you still don't really get the idea that it's going to be a dog-orientated episode, do you? No, not really. It could have gone anywhere at the beginning. I liked a a small thing right off the top. And again, we talk about how the Simpsons don't let anything go to waste. Homer just creaking and cracking with every bone in his body when he first walks out of the front door. I don't know if you know that. I didn't pick up on that. It was really cool sound design. And it just made me think, you know, I'm only 27, but I'm getting... I'm feeling older. And it's one of those things that as a kid... I wouldn't have thought too much of that, but as I as I'm starting to get aches and pains, I was like, that's pretty funny. Like just the fact that they went to that effort to show Homer, you know, he can't even walk out the front door in the morning because he's not he's a middle aged well, man. Was thirty six, thirty eight, something like that. Yeah. I remember. Yeah, well, it's like me now. I bend down to pick something up. I get up, my like, oh, you make noises. Yeah, I know. <laughs> How awful is it? Oh, it's not good at all. I'd been laughing at comedians talking about making noises, getting into and out of chairs for years, and then one day I did it. I went, oh no, yeah, <laughs> I've crossed a threshold. <laughs> I think the threshold is like threshold is like twenty six. I reckon, yeah, yeah, and then that's when it's like death to downhill. Yeah, twenty six is the peak, and it's just gone down. Yeah, I've, I, I, I'm comfortable in myself that I'll never look attractive again. <laughs> I've never <laughs> had those days are gone. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we find out that Lisa is sick, and Marge just assumes it's the mumps. And I like here that Homer's yelling out, "Marge, the dog is hungry." Well, then feed him. Yes, master. And it reminds me of every morning, just about, I say to Nicola, or every night, has a dog been fed? No. Were well, you going to feed him? Why don't you just feed him? Nicola's sitting <laughs> in the lounge room. I'm in the kitchen. I'm like, ah, all right then. <laughs> yeah, we, there's a little bit of back and forth like that in our house as yeah. well. I really like Lisa's attitude here, by the way, of wanting to soldier on and not not stay home. Like, she cannot handle the idea of missing school. Like, when she's so clearly sick, and she's like, I'll be fine. Just tape a lunchbox to my hand. <laughs> It's like a soldier in battle going, I'll be fine. Strap a rifle to me. (laughs) (laughs) The mumps, by the way, is that tonsillitis similar? I don't know, but the way they just draw you having the mumps is they make your face fat, basically. She just had like real chubby cheeks. Yeah. American listeners, because we don't refer to the mumps in Australia. Yeah, I don't know what the mumps is. Yeah, I was thinking about that. I'm only thinking tonsillitis because later Homer teases her by saying it's the kissing disease. Yeah, and is, that, think, is tonsillitis the kissing disease? Though? I think you can you can pass it on through saliva, can't you? Or if not that, then know. what's the, what's the other one? glandular fever? Glandular fever. That that's maybe more like mumps. Maybe 
Yeah. But yeah, write in, Makes please. your face puff out. Is there any doctors or anyone with a PhD listening? We know there's a doctor that does it, listens to us while he's doing surgery. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Mumps might be a little bit too low level for him. Yeah, maybe. If you are, you know, take your hand out of the third and fourth rib of whoever it is that you're operating on at the moment and just send us a quick text. Exactly right. Okay, so Santa's Little Help has now been chained in the backyard and he's just digging holes and we start getting the, uh, the point of view shots from Santa's Little Helper which we find out at the end are sort of like seeds planted for that final segment. Yeah, good human English as well. They don't understand what you're saying. It's obviously more about the inflection of your voice and your body language than anything else with dogs. So it's, it's kind of cool. I like that they did it in black and white as well. Yeah. Uh, although I... Because they are colorblind, are they not? No, they're not entirely colorblind. They just see a different color spectrum. Okay. But it was still kind of cool. It was just a different thing that you hadn't seen before on the show. I also really liked Santa's little helper fantasizing about Homer's food. I was like, this is my food, mine. And then he looks at it and it turns into a dog's bowl through his eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Having both of us have Labradors, definitely something we can relate to. If there's food out, if there's anything that even looks like food, like even if Murphy has never seen whatever this particular item of food is, ever before. Like corn chips. The first time I brought corn chips into the house, he just instinctively knew as soon as that bag was open, it's like, well, that must be something I can have. (laughs) (laughs) They want you to eat it. Like, I want human food. Before I'd even had one, though. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, I just... It's just the bag was opened. The smell? It must be the the saltiness, maybe, that they just go nuts for. Jet is good, though, in the sense that we've bashed him and bashed him to the point now he's trained. (laughs) We don't don't bash the dog. Trust me, we don't bash the dog. But we can put food down now and he won't touch it. Yeah, we're getting there with Murphy. It's How good's having the mat? The yeah. mat's handy, yeah. yeah on your mat. Get, get to your mat. On your mat. Uh, did you notice as well, it, at this point, and we may have just almost skipped over it, or maybe yeah, okay. we're about to come to it, the scene with the Hibbets um, in their house. We're coming to it, yeah. We're coming to it. Yeah, so Marge basically self-diagnoses Lisa, but then calls Hibbert to confirm. Yeah. Firstly, wearing the Cosbyest of Cosby sweaters that you have ever seen. He is Cosby, yeah. yeah. They, they, I think that the writers mentioned, or Graining mentioned, that they were doing it to Taking the piss. Take yeah. the piss of the Cosby show. Uh, they had to scale that back in the end because those jumpers was just too difficult to animate and they kept having continuity issues with them. But haven't they ramped up the chuckles in oh, Dr. Yeah. Hibbert? Every sentence was... <laughs> yeah. like every Almost every word had its own separate laugh. I've got here that Hibbert's starting to become Hibbert. Yeah. Because in the first few episodes, he was more of a serious doctor, but now he's becoming Chuckle Hibbert. Yeah. Did we, call, did we call him Chuckles? I'm the- calling him Chuckles Hibbert. But it was almost <laughs> to the point in this one that it was annoying. Like, they went too yeah. far with it, I reckon. I also thought... When I watched that scene, it reminded me of when Ned always calls Reverend Lovejoy at home. Yeah, out, out of like what's what out of hours, I guess you'd say. Yeah, After I would hours. never think to do that. I don't know if family physicians is a different thing. Like in pop culture, it it seems to be that way that you kind of have this connection with your doctor. I've never had that ever in my life, no. and I certainly even if I did have a regular doctor that I went to, I would never think to give him a call at home. I, I've never had a regular doctor though. I've always just gone to like the the free clinic just around the corner here. Yeah, I just don't think I would want to be friends with someone that knows all about me like that. No, yeah, no, <laughs> It'd be awkward. You want that out? Like you have your own separate room. You walk into that room, and that's where you leave it all behind. Yeah. Uh, unless you want to pull a full, <laughs> to go back to one of our favourites, Harvey Firestein in Independence Day. Just that, for $1,000 an hour, you can put me through to his house in the Hamptons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's actually my, one of my best mates, one of the guys that was a groomsman at my wedding, his wife is now a doctor. Yep. So I said to her, so we're going to send down the doctor slips. So I can just sign them myself. Ah, yeah, just a, just a blank. I'm so surprised you, were- you haven't asked me for blank bank checks, actually. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so how many have you got? That's how we're funding the website. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Hibbert says Lisa needs to have time off school. She has the mumps, basically. And yep. she wants to go to school. She doesn't want to stay home. And Bart's like, Lisa, you wasted chicken pox. Don't waste the mumps. 
asking for homework to be brought home to yeah. her and that sort of thing. Yeah, that's the first time I've really seen Lisa really de- dedicated to school. I think she's so, always been to this smart, extreme, but not yeah. Because yeah, what, what was the episode? That's a lot later from now where she needs to be graded. I think it's the PDA disbands, maybe. Yeah, I think yeah, she can't handle not getting that feedback. Uh, but yeah, you're right. She has always been intelligent, but it was this is the first time you see that it's not necessarily effortless intelligence. Yeah, like I mean, it probably is, but she's also dedicated. Yeah. So Santa's little helpers chained up outside, and Bart's going to school now, and he sees Bart breaks free, and yep. was it never a break? The yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes, that was one of my trivia questions. <laughs> <laughs> We need to think outside the box more often. <laughs> and Bart says, go home, boy. Go home, boy. And just gets on the bus and goes. So, so the dog goes for a wander and just causes havoc, eats a bug, gets into the pool. And this is where we get Mrs. Winfield, yep. voiced by Tracy Ullman. Yeah. And the classic phone call to Homer. Are you losing your hearing or are you just stupid? I am going to explain this to you one more time and then I'm going to hang up on you. It is not my dog. I tied my dog outside myself. I am looking at him right now. That's where we see the assassins for the first time when Homer's picking up the dog. And this is another case. And this time, I'm almost, I'm much more with you than when Ned got his RV. This is really Ned rubbing it in. Yeah. Like that, oh, you know, they're not cheap. Sometimes you've got to spoil yourself. And yep. then, but, oh, boy, he's being smug. <laughs> he's really coming across as a knob in that. But you know what? He kind of, a modern day reference for that? Crossfitters. Like guys that are just, uh, you know, what would you do this morning? Oh, I just got up at 4.30 for a workout. You know, I just bench pressed a couple trucks and then I ran around the state. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I go to the gym because I see other people and I'm like, I feel bad now. Yeah, I, I, I feel good about myself just going to the gym. Then I see people that live at the gym and I'm like, ugh, yeah. I'll never be you. I'm never going to get that. I don't have the motivation for that. No, I don't want to be in the same room as it. I don't need the motivation because I can sit here, talk shit, and get paid for it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, so we get the assassins, and I was thinking too, like you said, Flanders. He's really rubbing it in. I don't think we get nice Flanders or. See that nicer side of Flanders until the Leftorium episode. Yeah. Where Flanders failed. That's where we start to see... That's when Homer starts to sort of have that connection with Flanders, I think. Yeah. Feel sorry for him. But yeah, up until now, I don't like Flanders. The dick. I still... Oh, look, I didn't mind him in Dead Putting Society because I think it may be misguided, but uh, he was still yeah. trying to connect in that one as we spoke about. He but was, was a being lot a dick of, at the start, but then he sort of got nice to talk yeah. throughout the episode, yeah. What were the features on that shoe, by the way? Oh, you know, they got the Velcro straps, a water Ooh. pump in the tongue, built-in Whoa. pedometer, reflective <gasps> sidewalls, and Whoa. little vanity license plates. <laughs> Not license plates. Heart rate monitor. <laughs> heart rate monitor in shoes. Oh, my heart rate stopping. i got to keep going. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so Lisa's diagnosed with the mumps. She calls Homer at work. Hi, Lisa. What's wrong? The mom? Ooh, the kissing disease. <laughs> My little girl is growing up. <laughs> Yuck. Quit it, Dad. I That's thought that was a really nice moment between Ho- uh, Homer and Lisa. It was really good little father-daughter byplay. And there's a freeze-frame gag that I will bet any money that you did not see in this episode. No, in this scene. Probably not. So Homer has just seen Flanders' shoes. And he, like the the assassins, and when he when he's walking on the street with them, yeah, yeah. So this scene comes right after that scene. Basically, yep, yep. Homer's at work. The first first moment of this, after Homer picks up the phone, it cuts to a point of view shot. Homer has his feet up on the desk. If you pause it, it's I reckon it's there for less than three or four frames. 
he has got a pen and he's written Homer Simpson All-Stars on his own <laughs> shoes. <laughs> really? Yes. I did not see it that. It was fantastic. That is great. Yeah, I really, really like This is the sort of fine-tooth, microscopic detail that I go through <laughs> when I'm watching these. That's, that's really good. <laughs> I like that. I miss out on the fact that Tracy Ullman was a woman, but I do pick up <laughs> that the writers have slipped in Homer Simpson All-Stars. <laughs> Okay, so after that moment, she uh, Homer's now going to buy the mags, but Marge shows Lisa the Bouvier quilt over oh, five, six generations. Hang on, how does Homer go get to those mags, by the way? Leaves Lenny in charge. Lenny covering for him. Yeah. And this is the quintessential Lenny moment for me. Why? Of everything that sums him up. Because it's just so... Lenny, cover for me. All right. And he just gets in the chair and g- assumes the exact same position. Just pops the feet up. Like, Ooh, donuts. Yeah. <laughs> I, love, I love, of all the things, I think that just perfectly sums up the lazy kind of attitude of Lenny's life. Like, I, I really, really loved that moment. As I said, Marge shows Lisa the Bouvier quilt. Yes. And you completely forgot about this, apparently. I just forgot it was in this episode. Okay, yeah. yeah. What was your favourite quilt? What's the word for what, it? Like the little vignette. Design, yeah. yeah, yeah. The little, um, my favourite was the stock crash. Like 1929, oh, yeah, it was yeah. just the arrow of the stock chart yeah. plummeting. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they... After, like, you know, all these majestic kind of natural scenes, yeah. just a graph. I like the, um, yeah, the soldier getting shot. Yeah. Remind... Oh, uh, Marge also... T- a nice mother moment where, you know, uh, talking about how you just need to develop a callus. callus. Yeah, yeah, where, yeah. Uh, just demonstrating by bending and a sewing needle on her finger. And Lisa's like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is a setup for the, the E.T. parody later on, which I thought was quite... Ah. Con- yeah, kind of right. odd. So then Homer's buying the magazines. Uh, I'll take these three. Hmm. They're for my daughter. Shit, yeah. Okay. It reminds me of when I'm buying like Nicola a Christmas present. I'm buying her like a, Sh- a Shannon Tatum movie. Ah, uh, yeah. And the right. girl's like serving me, and I'm like, it's for my wife. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, cool, sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like that time that I did a review for our, for Torrent this of Jurassic Park, the the Le- or Jura- oh, Lego, Lego World. Jurassic yeah, yeah. World, and went in. And tried to do that whole, uh, yeah, it's it's, uh, uh, it's a present for my little brother. And the girl behind the counter who was older than me was like, I played it this morning. It's so awesome. And I was like, ah, oh, why did I put up the facade? Yeah. <laughs> now I look like more of an idiot. Yeah. You know what it reminded me of? This is, actually, no, I'll say that for the Star Wars thing. There will be no Star Wars at all this episode. Yeah. It's for the Christmas special. Yes. Where we will then spoil the shit out of it. <laughs> It's going to be fun. Um, so, so Homer's walking out from buying the magazines and he sees the assassins. Now, I've done some research here. The assassins are worth $125. Yeah. Which that's still expensive today for a shoe. The equivalent now, I did the research, is $198.56 American dollars in today's standards, which is in Australian standards $278.62 today. Which is in anyone's standards way too fucking much for a shoe. $50 too much for a shoe. <laughs> <laughs> I have a pair of runners that I spent $20 on four and a half years ago. Half of the laces have been chewed off by dogs, but they are still going. Does your dog still, still chew shoes? Uh, uh, no. Oh, he chews Ash's shoes. Good. Murphy will exclusively <laughs> chew Ash's shoes. He's never touched one of mine. Maybe her feet smell better. Or worse. Or worse. <laughs> <laughs> but $278, a lot of money for a pair of shoes. Because mm. when, I, when I first saw $125, I'm like, yeah, I guess it's a lot. But when you think about it, it's 1991, fuck load of money. Yeah. So uh, they get back home and Bart gives homework to Lisa to do. Tries to sneak in his own homework. She doesn't fall for it. And then Homer walks in showing off his new shoes. Assassins. Marge clearly not happy about this. Yeah. Now, what's your threshold for spending money where you feel like you have to tell Ash? Well, we've kind of set up a thing where I've negated that. So, 
Look, I guess if it was coming out of our joint account, anything more than a couple hundred bucks... So, we only have a joint account. I would run that by. So, what we did, we've got the joint account, and then we each have a separate spending account, and then we kind of allocate... This is really, really boring budgetary talk. We were like, (laughs) all right, each of us, each fortnight, we have this much to spend. Because it used to bug me a little bit... Or not bug me, but, you know, if I wanted to do something expensive on the same week she wanted to, then you'd kind of end up with a bit of a hit. Whereas this way, we can just spend to our heart's content with our own money. It doesn't really matter. And then it's the only stuff that we ever really then need to talk about is stuff that we're doing together. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. We've just got the joint account. But if it's anything over, like, say, 40 bucks, I'll just say, hey, Nick, just letting you know that I'm going to be spending this. I'm not asking for permission. I'm not asking for permission. I'm just letting her know. And if she says no, then... I Ash claims that I once bought a car without telling her. A car? Yeah, there was a miscommunication. A Hot Wheels car? <laughs> no, no, honest, the car that's parked out the front of your house. Oh, you didn't ask her? I thought that I had. How do you think? She knew I was looking. I, I'd taken my car into the dealership to get... You can't just walk in and say, I want that car and walk out with it. No, no, but I'd taken my car into the dealership to get assessed for a trade-in value. Yeah. And they offered me whatever they offered, and I sent her a text message saying, you know, all sweet, they've offered me this much. And I had said beforehand, look, if I can get around this, then I'd be happy to go with it. And she went, yeah, that sounds like it'd be fine. So I said, they've offered me this, which was my way of saying, you know, they've offered me how much I was looking for. I'm taking it. I'm taking the deal. (laughs) She didn't take it as that. She just went, okay, they've offered him that. I guess we'll talk about it and then he'll come back and, you know, we can go in together and hold hands while we sign the paperwork as a, as a normal couple probably does. Yeah. Uh, but nope. <laughs> I, she's like, why is there a deposit down on this thing? I'm like, oh, what, what do you mean? I, um, I bought the car. I told you you probably like, what do you mean you bought the car? Like, I told you I bought the car. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you probably should have said, they've offered me this, I'm taking it. <laughs> in hindsight? Did you, but did you not say that because you thought if you had have written that, she would have said, oh, maybe you should reconsider it. No, no, it was nothing like that. We had spoken about it, it, but it was just, you know, I got a little ahead of myself. Yeah, and I, I like to make things happen now. You know, I'm a, I'm a businessman. I'm making moves all the time. Just business. Yeah, <laughs> I love Homer's rebuttal at Marge when she's cranky about the shoes getting bought. He's like, "Well, you bought all those smoke alarms, and we haven't had a single fire." I also love how quickly Bart puts Homer in it as soon as he walks in. Assassins. Yep. <laughs> Read them and weep. Those are very elaborate sneakers. They better be for 125 big ones. Oh! $125. Hard. Ah, Homer. Oh. Then we cut to the channels flicking through on the TV and we realise that it's the dog chewing on the remote. Mm. Now, there's a lot of flashbacks here. Or what's the word I'm looking for? Um, not flashbacks. Throwbacks. Throwbacks. To previous episodes. Yeah. Can you remember any of the things clicking through? Well, the only thing that I remember is Troy McClure. And, and the voice wasn't right. He was voiced by Dan Castellanata. Is that who voiced him? Okay. Yeah, because he was only in for one line. They didn't go to the effort of bringing in Phil. It was really weird watching him talk, not the normal voice, wasn't it? It was, but I guess he's still a relatively new character at that point, and that was like just cost, I guess, yeah. cost benefit that sort of thing. It was just easier to go, oh, we'll just use Dan for that one. And, but the thing is, he sounded nothing like him. No, it wasn't like he was even really trying to do an impression of him. It was, it was, it was almost like he felt like he didn't want to step on his toes by doing the same voice. I guess, yeah, maybe. And the other one that I wrote down was Babysitter Bandit. Oh yeah, that's evening. right. I, that, I did spot that. Yeah, she was the first one. And then this is where the dog chews the assassins. And at that point, you're like, shit's going to get real right mm-hmm. now. <laughs> Poor Homer. He's had the assassins on for five seconds before he's been outed about how much he's spent. And then on the same day that he's bought them, they're gone. He's had a, he did not have a good run with those shoes. <laughs> not at all. Homer doesn't get much, does he? Does he deserve more than he gets? He very rarely buys any no, he does. much for himself. He does. The bowling ball? Well, yeah, but well, that's one thing. And he didn't get to use the bowling ball. Marge took it. Oh, yeah, true. So, they go to the obedience school, and this trainer is just an evil woman. Bitch. Real old school mentality of dog training. Like Nowadays, there's this new wave of you don't 
use the choke chain and that sort of stuff, you'd be nice to dogs and they'll get along. Whereas there are still, I'm sure there are still today, people that are like, like dogs are dogs and they really look down at them. I don't see the point of doing that. If you're going to have a dog... It needs personality. Not, it's not 1903. We're not going out hunting pheasant and we don't need a dog to, you know, to be trained that well. If you're buying a dog today for a family in the suburbs... It needs to be part of your family. Otherwise, what the fuck's the point of having the dog? Yeah. Watching this, I think, because I'm very anti-dog trainers. Up until, uh, there was one, there was one guy called Jimmy. Jimmy. Well, yeah. I've used Jimmy. Jimmy's he's, great. He's really good because he just, he treats dogs just like they're people. Forceful, but fair. Yeah, yeah. He's just, he's not cruel to them. Where we had this other dog trainer, I won't name her name because I'm going to give a shit, but she rocked up and she was like, oh yeah, you need to keep him in a cage at night. What? And I said to Nicola, and she's like, yeah, you can buy a cage for me for $150 now. I've got some in the car. And I said to Nicola, my exact words. She's not coming to my fucking house and telling me that I'm putting Jet in a cage at night. It's just not fucking happening. Mm. And the woman was just like, oh, no, it needs to be. He's not, she didn't say he's reckless, but he's out of control, blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, no bullshit. Like, you can't just. Well, putting him in the cage isn't going to help that. Exactly. It's going to make him worse when he gets out. I'm like, what if he needs to go to the toilet? But anyway, so I think I was watching this episode thinking this episode subconsciously made me hate dog trainers. Could have. Because as a kid, I watched it thinking, I don't want my dog to ever have to go through What's this. What's her exact method of using the choke chain? Pull until the eyes roll back and the tongue falls out yeah. or something like so that. Is my dog dead, ma'am? You'd be amazed at how often I get asked that. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, the dog is perfectly fine. They're always breathing. The woman that we first had as a dog trainer for Jet reminded me so much of this woman. Yeah. Terrible. Have you, on the complete flip side and opposite end of the spectrum, have you ever seen the movie Best in Show? No. Highly recommend it. Yeah. It's Christopher Guest film and it's kind of a mockumentary. It's got Eugene Levy and a yep. whole bunch of comedians. Um, who's Stifler's mum, isn't it? Yeah. The lesbian... She doesn't have a name. She's just Stifler's mum. The lesbian lady that's in Glee and the 40-year-old virgin is in it. But anyway, yeah. So, they're a really, really great... Ma- and so, it's all about a... Um, you know, show dogs and dog training, that yeah, sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, People yeah. that are over the top in love with their dogs. Really, really great. Nothing to do with this episode whatsoever, but I highly recommend if you're out there watching Best in Show. Yep, okay. Um, I've, had, I've had a lot of people write into the um, to the Facebook page saying that they love the obscure movies that Mitch brings up because they love them too. Yeah, I, I really enjoy that. Or even people that are, you know, maybe inspired to go and watch it and then find out that they really liked it. One uh, thing that... More I, to the point, I'm just... I like it when people are impressed with my movie knowledge. <laughs> one, one thing that I that you got me onto was White Wine at Christmas. White Wine in the Sun. White Wine in the Sun. Yeah. One of the best Christmas songs. Yeah. Uh, certainly of the last 15 years uh, by Tim Minchin. I was um, humming it all day at work yesterday. It's a really beautiful song. Yeah. Like, Tim Minchin, you know, great comedian and famous for writing a lot of anti-religion songs and that sort of thing. But his, uh, his song, White Wine in the Sun, is just one of the most pure gets to the heart of what Christmas is all about. In Australia. In it's, yeah, in, in Australia in particular, because it's summer for Christmas for us. But it's that I'll be seeing my dad, my brother, my sister, my grand and my mum will be drinking white wine in the sun. Yeah. And that everything else in the world on that day doesn't matter. Yeah. Because Nicola has this, the UK, they have this song called uh, Fairy Tale of New York. I've showed it to you. By the, the Irish po- song. By, yeah, by the Pogues. It's, got the, it's very Celtic based. This is like our equivalent of that. Yeah. It's like it's not a Christmas carol, but it's it's a song that you can play at Christmas. Yeah. Alrighty, so moving along, Homer tries to return the assassins after they've been chewed up. Uh, I changed my mind. I decided I don't want these shoes. Hey, wait a minute. What happened here? Well, my faithful dog was bringing me my shoes and they fell apart in his mouth. I'm sorry, sir. Our warranty doesn't cover fire, theft, or acts of dog. That yeah. was very funny. Yeah, play on words. It's really yeah. good. And then Homer gets sucked in by the cookie samples. If you'd like to buy some, they're only a dollar each. Oh, so that's your little plan. Get us addicted, then jack up the price. Well, you win. At the same point, Marge and Lisa are watching soaps. They're having some good mother-daughter time. Yeah. I remember my mum would watch... She they, claims she didn't watch Days the of Our Lives. Or Days of Our Lives. 
but I remember if I was sick from school, it would generally be on through the afternoon. And Three or four, be, I think. Yeah, yeah, she'd be ironing or something like that, and it would be on. And it's exactly what happens, like, where Lisa's like, are they always this good or something like that? And Marge is like, oh, I don't really watch it. I just sort of zip in and out. And then describes the plot to the exact point. Yeah. I'm only watching this because blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Look, that was really, really funny. And it's it sums up so many, I think... I don't want to be generalizing, but I really think it sums up with the relationship that people have with that particular show. They're embarrassed no one, by it. Yeah, no one would ever openly admit to being a big fan of it, but they know, they watch it every day and they know what's going on. So many of my friends, they're bringing up something on Home and Away. They go, I don't really watch it, but you know, this happens. Yeah. <laughs> it's always, I don't really watch it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what I really loved, though, was it's such a great line in that. It needs to be played, but I just... That's that. Father McGrath, I thought you were dead. I was. So, uh, Homer buys the giant cookie. And also, at this point, Lisa has uh, finished her little design on the quilt, her little patch. And what is it? It's her musical influences, isn't it? Yeah, so they got uh, Mr. Largo, uh, yeah. who taught me that even the noblest concerto can be drained of its beauty and soul. Yeah. <laughs> really. And then Bleeding Gums Murphy. Who taught her? Uh, what was it that the music is a fire coming in out of view, and you better put the uh, instrument in front of it or something? Well, she was going to give up on sax before bleeding guns, wasn't she? Yeah, I, I thought that was a great, you know, in the music world, the difference between classical teaching and just playing. And, yeah, uh, and that I love people that just play. It's so much better to listen to when there's heart and soul coming out of coming out of them. Although sometimes when I'm watching a concert. And guys start doing guitar solos, and I'm like, just get the fuck on with this. Sometimes it gets a bit too much. And don't get me wrong, I can appreciate the, the insane skill of a concerto, like to be able to to play that, versus to um to just get up and and play some jazz and and riff on whatever's in your mind. Like they're two very very different skill sets. But yeah. I think he can be more passionate about the second one. So then Homer leaves his giant cookie, can't fit it in the jar, so he just sits it on top. Yeah, Homer's cookie, don't touch. Yeah, <laughs> taped onto it. And the dog eats it, and at that point, Lisa says, let's go get Dad to show him my quilt. So she yep. leaves it on the bed. The dog gets up there and starts chewing the quilt. Yeah. Marge is just devastated. And he can completely understand six generations or something. Like, yeah. that's a long time. History that you can't get back. Uh, exactly, yeah. It's like, it reminded me of just how I would feel if your house burnt down. Like, how fucked yeah. would that be, man? Yeah, there's so many things that can't be replaced. Yeah. Uh, and Homer tries to console her through it. Come on, don't get upset. It's not the end of the world. We all love that quilt. But you can't get too attached to... No! My cookie! (laughs) This is not happening. This is not happening. That cookie cost him a dollar. Yeah. It was a dollar cookie. You could go back and buy 20. You know, the best part about it is, this is not happening. This is not happening. (laughs) (laughs) And then they have their first family meeting. Yeah. And that's when you know, okay, something's going to happen now. Yeah. All right, all right. His son's little helper studies real hard and passes his finals and becomes a perfect dog. Can we keep him then? No. Dad! But then Lisa sucks him in. She wins him yeah. over. And then Homer's completely on the kid's side by that point. Yeah, they w- Yeah. well, they make a reasoned but argument. If they ever want to pull the plug on me, honey, I want you there by my side. <laughs> <laughs> but then they, they agree that if the dog can pass training, then they will keep him. Otherwise... He's out the door. Yeah. So we go back to the school and the this dog's be, just terrible. So this would be the moment, by the way, that if Ash had been watching this episode with me, she would have hated Homer. She really does not like anyone giving a dog away. Really? Yeah. It's just oh, once a dog's either. yours, you got to stick by thick and thin. Yeah. Well, I, I, Every, ha- I, I get sometimes there might be, you, know, you might move to a rental or something, you can't have it. Sometimes there may be cases, but yeah, for the most part, I also don't like the idea of it because that dog is your family and yeah. if you've had it for a couple of years and it gets moved on somewhere else how fucking confusing must it be for yeah it's the same exactly the same as a kid yeah. just kicking him out of the house yeah and I mean else. sure they adapt 
relatively quickly, but it would be a traumatic time for him. Yeah. Back at the training and he's just doing terribly, but trying to... The, Comes into my, the one thing that I remembered. Yeah, yeah. Sniff that other dog's butt. Yeah. See, he does exactly what I say. <laughs> there's, a, there's a moment where Bart goes to the trainer to plead, can you please just pass him? You're going to get your pay. You're gonna get money anyway, so why don't yeah. you just pass him? And she says no. And she says, make him sit, and he won't sit, and she says, pull the chain. I don't want to strangle my dog. Pull that bloody chain, boy! <laughs> Sorry, boy. Can't help being dumb. That was heartbreaking for me, man. Like, yeah, no it's kid tough to watch. Ever want to do that? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you love your dog. You don't want to hurt them. No. And they get a good like yelp in yeah. there as well. A yeah, really good like, whimper sound. He, the facial yeah. expressions, like he's generally, he doesn't understand why he's getting punished. Yeah, because he's Actually, just dumb. Again, Farash, that's how they do it. By the way, we we mentioned before there was an actor playing Santa's little helper, a proper man. Yeah. So yeah. When dogs are in pain in movies, that's probably a man pretending yeah. to be in pain well, in God. movies. Yeah. <laughs> Don't stress. Um, also, Lisa started a, um, a new quilt as well, which I thought was touching. Yeah, that was a nice moment. That she's the, sim- the the tradition will live on. Yeah, of the dog chewing the quilt. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that was great. So Bart's going to try to train him one last time because if you can't train him overnight, that's it. Yeah. And Lisa walks up and says, look, just enjoy your last night with him. He's yeah. not going to learn now. This is the Bart gets an F moment. Yeah. Like when he breaks down crying with Edna. And accidentally shows knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> like he's like, oh, this is, you know, oh, 1874. That's exactly what happens here. Yeah. Bart starts breaking down and crying. It's like, you just, if only you understood the word sit, and he sits. It was just with that moment when he says, I'm really going to miss you, boy. I'm like, oh, it got to me, man. Yeah, it hurts. Because, like, no one wants to get rid of their dog. No. No, no, exactly. Partic- and again, particularly when you like them as much as we do and you do see them as a family member rather than just something to have in the backyard. Yeah, because the dog is his best friend. Yeah. And, and yeah, I just, it, that, that one scene just got to me, man. And then how good is it, like you said, when he's to start sitting? It's mm. just such an uplifting moment. It is. Yeah, you're like, yeah, you do it, man. Yeah. You sit, you roll over. It's, it's like the end of Rudy. Yeah. Like, it's just, you know, he's finally there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, is, it made me so happy, that final sequence. And then obviously... The teacher isn't happy and she says, son of a bitch. They're sneaking another bitch. You son of a bitch. God show. Yeah, I really like that. I actually really enjoyed. I I don't think that she was unhappy. I think it was more like that. It was shock. No, no, no. No, She doesn't want to see a dog fail. It was just the shock of it happening. Like, son of a bitch. Good show. That was the way I took it. Okay. I I, I don't think she was saying, you son of a bitch. Get out of here. Son of a bitch. Bitch. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Well, it was more like the way you would mutter it to yourself when something unbelievable had happened. Yeah, okay. Well, I, 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 can, I can completely see it, but yeah, can you see why I saw it the other way as yeah, well? Yeah, yeah. But it didn't make sense to me. I'm like, why do you want this dog to fail, yeah. you evil fucking woman? Yeah, so that, that's why I think it's the other way around. Okay, yeah. Well, I, I don't hate her as much now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the graduate, I can't remember what the little um, subtitles were at the end, but all the dogs graduate. Well, I think one of them ate a toad or something. Yeah, uh, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and then uh, Santa's little helper bit Bart. Homer didn't mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the episode. And yeah, I thought this was a really relatable episode. One of my favorites so far, I think, just because I'm such an animal. Lover. Yeah, same deal. As I said, complete ripoff of Barkett's and F, but it is, they yeah. tell you that in the title. So ripoff is probably the wrong word. It's it's just the exact same an story, homage. but in a different. Yeah, exactly. It's an homage to themselves from several months ago. Yeah, <laughs> but, um, yeah. They it, it's just the exact same story with a dog, but uh, yeah, it's nice. Yeah. It, it's good. And as I said, there's a lot in here that I'd forgotten about that that what that are really really good moments. Yeah. What did we learn, Palmer? So, what did you learn in this episode, Mitch? Uh, I learned that choke chain isn't misnomer, and that the dog is always breathing. Yes, that is, <laughs> that is true. My what did I learn was my research that I did with the money that 125 American oh, dollars yeah. in 1991 is now 278.62 Australian. Yeah. Uh, that's that's impressive. That's useful knowledge to know. I had to do, go three different websites to find that out. <laughs> <laughs> 
Alrighty, so let's get into some trivia. Alright. Despite the trivia that's already been spoiled. Did you have two questions or just Uh, one? Well, the never break collar, how much did it cost? Oh, I don't know. How much was that? 89 cents. Was it on the table? Was it? Oh, awesome. Nice one. Mine was, what year was the Tracy Ullman show cancelled? Oh, 1990? Yes. Aha! Now it is. Pure guess. (laughs) Yes, because she wouldn't, when the uh, shorts were on her show, she was like, I don't have time for that. And then the show gets cancelled. Hey, can I uh, be on your show now? You know, you said that at the start of the episode. That's yeah. how I guess. No, yeah. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Let the cat out of the bag. I also got here, which other character? Oh, you answered that one. All right. Last one. Do you, do you, have, do you have another one or not? No, I'm done. All righty. Name two other characters voiced by Frank Welker. Oh, so just from other TV shows? Yeah. Cartoon mm. characters. Are they all animals? No. So he's done it uh, well. Are there animals? Mm-hmm. Because I'm only going to try and think of what other animals have been out there. Yeah. Uh, did he do Fry's Dog? Maybe. I don't know about that one. Okay. I do know that he did do Nibbler. Nibbler from... Futurama. Oh, from Futurama. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Well, he also did Fred Jones, Scooby-Doo. He he does Fred Jones in everything. Yep. And he also uh, does Scooby now, as of 2002, I think. And he does most of the Decepticons in Transformers, the movie. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, Have you ever heard that great story? Uh, Billy West tells this story about Casey Kasem, because he used to voice Shaggy on Scooby-Doo. Now, Casey Kasem is like a militant vegan. Like, he, he he doesn't eat meat at all. Okay. So, apparently, he, the reason that he had to stop doing the show was because he'd be like, come on, Scoob, let's go get a hot dog. And then, off, off mic, he'd be like, why does it always have to be a hot dog? <laughs> <laughs> why can't they go have some veggie snacks? Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was sort of like where it, the beginning of the end for it. Yeah. <laughs> Jamail! Jamail is here! Ooh. Time oh, for the mailbag. Time for the mailbag. My favourite time of the week. All right, we've got a first one here. Shout-outs first? or Shout-outs first, yes. yeah. So, a uh, nice message that got sent through to us. Um, I like messages, especially nice ones. Yeah, same. They're good. Facebook.com slash discount. Send us some messages. So, this has come through from Jason. I'm not a religious man, but I'm going through a tough time with work at the moment, and I need a new podcast episode to get me through the week. Please help me, four-finger discount. Please don't mention this on air. Oh. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> with love. Uh, thank you very much, Jace. Appreciate yes. that. Steph Hall, we're going to give a shout out to you because we weren't able to tag you on the Facebook page, but yeah. we stole one of your memes. Yep. Uh, well, we, we, we didn't mean it. to steal. We, yeah, we, resh- we reposted, we've used it on our page. It's the better um, quality image. It's yeah. the paddling Star yeah. Wars spoilers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're uh, sharing Star Wars spoilers online, that's a paddling. Yeah. We're going to be sharing Star Wars spoilers in our next podcast episode, yes. but we're going to warn everybody. Yeah. Including now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, the thing about it, for some reason, every time I try to say credit, Stephanie Hall, it's like, you cannot post this. And I'm yeah, like, it's really weird. It's like, it's like check your internet connection. I'm like, no, my internet connection is fine. Why won't it let me it's, post this? Then I got rid of Stephanie Hall, bang, let me post it. It's like she's gotten a copyright on her name. It's weird. I even took have a to sc- pay royalties. I even took a screenshot and sent it to her just to prove it. Are we even allowed <laughs> to say her name out loud? Maybe this podcast won't go to air. You yeah. gotta, you gotta, <laughs> yeah. We would like to credit Mr. Black yeah. for the use of the <laughs> Simpsons meme. So, thanks, Stephanie, for that great meme. Vanessa Marland sent through a message just saying that she has a two-hour commute to work and that the podcasts are really helping her get through that. So, thank you very much for the message, Vanessa. She also sent through a photo. I don't know, have we shared this yet? I'll throw it up on the Twitter. Of? Of the truck that she was driving behind saying that Sideshow Bob has started up. No, we haven't up. shared that yet, no. Sideshow Bob has started up his own trucking company. Uh, so, the the truck, we'll put a photo up, but yeah. So, the, the left panel of the truck door was blank and on the right, um, it just had Die Bart. Yeah. Which... Yeah. So, someone is very a die underneath part. Yeah. <laughs> Comma. Yeah. What else have we got? Stephen Donahue. We're going to give a little mention to Steve because oh, he yeah. mentioned us 
on ABC Radio the in Pinnacle. Australia. <laughs> yeah, like that's one of the oldest, one of the grand, certainly the most respectable radio stations. What our target audience listens to. Exactly. <laughs> the only thing was he let us down because yeah. he was calling up for a trivia segment. So they were doing Simpsons trivia. And not just TV shows. So it was some on the t- on the Simpsons, Simpsons Donkey, anything Simpsons related. Yeah. So Simpsons Donkey, very famous Australian war story. What was the other one that he had? I can't remember, but it was anything that had Simpson in it. Maybe you know? questions about Dawson Simpson. Dawson Simpson. Yeah. Geelong <laughs> <laughs> Ruckman of Adam Simpson of no repute. Yes. Um, Terrible. Adam Simpson, West Coast Eagles coach. Yeah. I, I have to fill in the blanks for the people that don't follow AFL. Yeah. I'm sorry. But anyway, so he was asked what year did the Simpsons start and he got it wrong. He was off by one year. But hey, that's fine, Steve. Everyone makes mistakes. I thought question. Tracy Ullman was a man. Yeah. So it's, it's fine. It's about the fact that you've come out. You admitted to your flaws. But more to the point, thank you very much for sharing us to a network of literally dozens of listeners. Whoever does that show on ABC now knows of our podcast. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I love to know what he said to you. He goes, oh. The reason I got it wrong is I listened to this shitty podcast. Uh, <laughs> if only I'd listened to We're Talking Simpsons, yeah. then I would have got the right answers. <laughs> so, moving along swiftly. All right, we're going to get into some questions now. Oh, actually, we've got a heap... Uh, I don't have them in, written in front of me. I'll save this for a future episode, but we're getting a heap of reviews coming through on iTunes. Keep them coming yeah, in, please. Yeah, I was so, read them out, but yeah. Yeah, keep, getting the fi- uh, keep giving us reviews and shout-outs and all that sort of stuff. I have them here in front of me. Oh, all right, do you want to share a couple of the more recent ones? Pick something from December. December 9th. Okay, such a great podcast from these lads. This is from Makes for Great PT Trips, Mobzilla34. Such a great podcast from these lads. Only recently started listening, which is awesome, as I've got like 30 to get through. Uh, good times. Keep up the great work, Dando and Mitch. Thank you, Mobzilla34. Also here, December 11th, Cromulent by Peter BVN. It's a perfectly cromulent podcast. Good job. Yes. <laughs> We've got lots in December, man. December 14th from Dirty Thrill. Nice name. Having moved away to study this year and often traveling, this has been a blessing to listen to on car trips. It's like taking your Simpsons-loving best mates on a road trip. That's cool. That's Except cool. we're in the same room and you get to see nice sights. Yeah. <laughs> MDMA Matt says, appreciating the Simpsons on a whole new level, warning very addictive. <laughs> What's more? Is he referring to the podcast or is he just more watching Simpsons whilst on MDMA? Yeah. Warning, very addictive. <laughs> it's just, there's heaps on here. And 2304, love listening, keep up the good work. Yeah, just thanks to everyone that rates. The more, the better for us to boost up the ranking. So rate and review us on the iTunes store if you have the time. Yeah, really, really appreciate, appreciate it. it, guys. Thank you very much. We very, offer you this podcast for free every week. We do it all for nothing. So please, that's our payment. Just get onto iTunes and give us a rate and review. Yeah. Questions? Yes. All right. Brian Foley has written in. He would like to know. Brian with a Y, by the way. Unusual spelling. No, I'm used to Brian. With a Y. Okay. I've always just gone with an I, like brain, but the other way around. Yeah. He would I, think, like- I think I'm a wrestling fan. Daniel Bryan's a popular wrestler. Ah, okay. Anyway, continue. Well, Brian is a surname. Different. Brian with a Y is a first name. Well, Brian's his first name. Oh. But they, they called him Daniel Bryan, but his name is Brian Danielson because they wanted to copyright his name. Convoluted world. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, he's um, getting his French girlfriend into The Simpsons. I remember this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he was talking about how, for the most part, The Simpsons is not big in French because of the whole non English speaking thing. Yep. But they do, if anything, they mostly just laugh at the physical jokes, which I thought would be... That's pretty interesting, Interesting to watch an episode. I might do it one day. Just sit down and pop it on mute. And, or even but, no, but you watch need the sound of it. Watch it in a foreign language. Yeah, watch it in Swedish or something like that and see if I can still relate. Like Maybe I even... you know, Just pick an episode that I haven't seen for ages. But were they one. not air it in French, though? They, they do French. How do they not understand? Maybe if it's a French person living... I don't know. Oh, no, no. It was more that they don't understand the American jokes, was it not? Wasn't that his thing? They don't understand all of the jokes because it's not... Was it like a language barrier or something? Maybe. I'm not too sure. I don't know. But, but, but like it would you said, be appreciates the physical comedy. Yeah, yeah. It more, yeah, it would be interesting to watch purely with a physical point of view. And I think it's a credit to the animators that you can watch a show 
that is completely drawn and still get some form of enjoyment out of it, even without any context as to what the episode, you know, what's actually happening. It reminded me, I'm not sure if I've spoken about this, it reminded me of when I was in Bali years and years and years ago, watching Popeye in Balinese. Yeah. Uh, no idea what anything was, but it was really great to watch to just hear this manic shouting in a language I didn't understand as yeah. he was running trying to save the day. <laughs> and the fact that the music is still the same. So you, you get Tidak, Tidak from Olive Oil and then like a whole bunch of stuff from him and you don't know what's going on until you hear and then suddenly like, yes, shit's getting real. That is good. It was really fun. But then I watched Transformers, the Transformers cartoon in Indonesian. That was really difficult to get to follow Popeye yeah. I could follow Transformers yeah. too too much doesn't have the same setup in every episode of Transformers that's exactly why. there's too much too much in Transformers it, when you actually sit down and watch it is just people like in an office building talking yeah and then occasional fight scenes I don't uh, think um the physical comedy was such a big deal in the earlier episodes of The Simpsons I think it's more the later ones the later ones they yeah. relied more on the physical comedy sort of started when Homer fell down the cliff and the gorge yeah I think that's when they realised they can get away with oh, would you say unrealistic they didn't have a lot of blood and stuff yeah, but no, it, it, was, it was very cartoon. It was very cartoonish, wasn't it? It was, it was yeah. like Looney Tunes sort yeah. of violence. Well, it, it was the equivalent of Daffy Duck's beak being shot around. Just, at the they back did of a sign head. saying "Yipes" or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yikes! Yeah. Which I think did they do that at one point? I'm sure there's a Simpsons gag where that happens. Yeah, there is at some point. I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, is it the trampoline? No, it's like, boing, I don't think boing, it is. Boing, 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 boing. But that similar was that. That's Wally Coyote. If this so. were a cartoon, the cliff would fall off now. Now, what was the question there? The question is, what is our favourite one-liner from The Simpsons? Now, oh, it has nothing to do with... <laughs> no, nothing to do with anything. Really difficult to answer because there are so, many. so, so many. But the one that sprung to my mind as soon as I read the question was Pimply Face Teenager. And it was just... I think when I was 16 or 15, this was the first voice that I discovered that I could do. And I don't know if I can still do it now, but I, I could when my, I was a bit younger. But that... Um, He's made a mistake at work, whatever it was, and the line of, this come... No, Grandpa Simpson turns the food around. He's ordered food, then he decides he doesn't want it. He uh, goes, yeah. take it back. So, but this comes out of my salary. If I had a girlfriend, she'd kill me. Yeah. Love that. And it, it, I just love the patheticness of it. He's such a dweeb. Yeah. I really liked it. And the, uh, I dropped your taco in the fryer. I'll get it. Ow! <laughs> Ow! <laughs> so, that, that, that two that have always stuck with me for a really long time. I've always just loved comic book guy. I just yep. think his one-liners are great. One thing that always comes to me is, ooh, the internet king. I wonder if he can provide faster nudity. <laughs> <laughs> or the, this one always sticks with me because I always say this to my mum when she says something stupid on the computer. Ooh, they have the internet on computers now. <laughs> I know that's Homer, but you know, yep. that, that one, whenever my mum asks a stupid question about the computer, I always say that to her. You always pull, out, pull that one out. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a pretty good one. Oh, did you know they have the internet on the computers now, mum? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, overall, there are so many great lines. Yeah, so it's, it's too many. Like, it's like 100 yeah, in every episode. Exactly. But that was the one that sprung to mind. Alrighty, so next question. Um, next question comes from Jessica Jobson. It's a good name. It was a good name, JJ. So she's been listening in her car to and from work. She's a bit annoyed that she binged so hard and now she has to wait a week between episodes. People are binging on us. I like that. <laughs> but I also enjoy, I feel like when you do wait a week between episodes, you take more in. Yeah. The TV in particular. If I binge like four or five episodes of a TV show, I don't remember the moments it's as too, much. It's too much, yeah. Whereas when it's spaced out, then I really can remember every detail of that season. I think it's because you spend a week analysing that episode yeah. as opposed to the five that you just watch. 30 seconds and yeah. then you, yeah, you're straight into the next one. Uh, I think binging is better for comedy than it is for drama for that reason. Because like, if it's just a show where you just want to sit down and laugh, then that's fine. You can do that for an afternoon. 
but yeah, for two or three episodes max of any TV show, and then I'll I'll pull the pin and, and move on to especially the one hour episodes. Yeah, like if I'm watching DVDs of The West Wing, then I'll go through a couple, and yeah. then it, even if I still want to keep watching TV, I'll just change and watch another show for the next few hours. So yep. I'm thinking of something else. Now she lives in Springfield, Queensland. I remember this chick. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know we had one in Australia. Neither did I. So just add that to the list of potential Springfields that The Simpsons could be living in. I was thinking. How did they not go? Maybe they obviously didn't know, but how did they not go to Springfield in Australia when they came to Australia, The Simpsons? That would have been a great gag. It would have been a great gag. They probably didn't know. Yeah, or Australians don't even know. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. We live here, have no idea. Uh, But yeah, whenever someone asks where she lives, she fights the urge to go crazy Broadway style and sing Springfield, Springfield, it's a hell of a town. (laughs) Question for us is, what is your favourite episode where the majority of the story is set outside of Springfield, apart from Bart versus Australia? Uh, so, that's exempt. I oh, know that's not your favourite anyway, but it's yeah. exempt from the answer. Oh, completely. Well, itchy and scratchy land. That counts. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> that Yeah, that that's probably one of the better ones. I was going to go with Mr. Lisa Goes to Washington. Yeah. That's a nice episode. It's, it's a really, really good quality episode, and it was one of the other You go to that ones. all the time. You must really like it. I do. I, I like it because it's got a lot of humour pitched at my level. Yeah. I think. Like the, the pol- and political side of things. You want to talk about one-liners. This is a line that I don't even... It's so cheesy, and that's why it's so great for me. It's when the um, the FBI have come in and they arrest the congressman. Uh, like, this has all happened in an afternoon, or less than an afternoon. It's happened while the kids are making their speeches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're shaking hands, and it's, you work fast. I work for Uncle Sam. I just fucking love that patriotism in that guy's voice. Like yeah. it's it's like Superman, like truth, justice in the American yeah. way. But done, uh, yeah. I I think that's why. I think that's why that episode is always so strong for me. <laughs> I had that as my message tone for a really, really long really? time. Whenever I got a text, I don't work for Uncle Sam. What <laughs> <laughs> well, well, the line that sticks with me that I remember the most from that episode is when they're looking at that the the tower thing where it looks like a big yeah. dick. Marge, grow up. Oh, Marge, grow up. <laughs> that is brilliant. <laughs> because no kid would understand what that joke means. And it's and the fact that it's Marge making. <laughs> yeah, the joke. that's what I loved about it. Yeah, yeah. being a little bit childish. Uh, e, watch it, chief. Well, that's that <laughs> one also, isn't it? That yeah. episode. The, uh, third and final question: Connor Walsh. Now, what a man Connor Walsh is. He, he is the man. Of all the men in Ireland, I think he'd have to be the best. Talk about handsome. I, I said before that I, I'm never going to feel attractive again. Not a problem for this guy. Not going to lie. Stalked his Facebook, saved two of his display pictures. Yeah. He would never, ever feel the need to not feel attractive. I, those display pictures, if I could get them as a phone cover, I'll happily... Re- oh, you can. Would you like me to show you how? I'd love to. Because <laughs> I will happily replace Christopher Reeve Superman, that is my current phone cover, who... Up until I'd seen photos of Connor, was the most handsome man. No longer. And people listening now are like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I just like to give credit where credit is due. And when if you're ever in Australia, more than welcome to be a guest on the show, Connor. Yes. In a completely heterosexual way, of course. Should we explain the backstory to this? Nope. <laughs> okay, then. He'll get it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anyway, so his question that uh, he actually sent through a while back. If we could watch any TV show or movie that has appeared on The Simpsons... What would it be? Not having McBain, obviously. Yeah, we're going to rule out McBain because that's the obvious one. Now, the first thing that came to my mind, when buildings collapse. <laughs> if I was drunk... <laughs> I didn't think it was going to fall. <laughs> I didn't think that one was going to fall over. <laughs> I, um, if I was at home alone, like you've had a big night, you come home and it's, you know, one you you're still awake and you flick the TV on. If that came on, that could have me for an hour and a half comfortably. <laughs> There's two movies that come to my mind. One, because I just wanted to see whether it was a genuine porno, and it's The Erotic Adventures of Hercules. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see whether Troy McClure just gets his way The Cyclops stole our clothes. <laughs> <laughs> the other one is Apes of Poppin'. 
<laughs> just because he's different. <laughs> and they sent him away in the cage. I just wanted to see what led up to that moment. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but um, yeah, Apes are popping and the erotic adventures of Hercules. Yeah. All right, well, they're two pretty good choices. Yeah. The erotic adventures of Hercules would be fantastic. Yeah. To have. We should do that as our next cover. That'd so be great. Dupe people again. <laughs> yeah. Any more questions? Or is that it for the mailbag? No, that's week? it. We're closing the mailbag. All righty. So, anything else we had to mention for this episode? Just tell people that you know, rate and review us in the iTunes store. You've obviously liked us on Facebook. If you listen to this, I'm assuming. If you yep. haven't, do so now. Facebook.com/slash/fourfingerdiscount. Yep. Follow us on Twitter yep. at fourfingerpod. Instagram. We've got over thirteen hundred followers now on Instagram. It's going all right. So it's going very well. Fourfingerdiscount. And like we said, yeah, get onto iTunes. That will be our payment. Rate and review us in the iTunes store. The more rate and reviews we have, the more we boost up. When people when people type Simpsons podcast, we want to be right up there. So please do so immediately. Yep. Now, we're going to be doing a Christmas special, aren't we? We are. Uh, thank you. Just quickly, by the way, thank you to everyone that sent in their own top 10 for episodes. Yeah. Because our last podcast, we threw that up to just mix things up a little bit. It went really, really well. Yep. I, I was... Honestly, as I was recording it, I was a little unsure as to what the reception was going to be like. I've had more downloads in the first day than any of our other episodes. Yeah, wow. So, it, the people have really, really enjoyed it. And what I've loved about the messages we're getting through is that there's so much variance in what mm. people's top tens are. The Simpsons means so many different things to so many different people, which has really opened my eyes a little bit just to how many ways the show can go, like how many types of comedy that it actually has. And I guess when it's been around for as long as it has, that's bound to happen. There are a few people who have written in with more recent episodes than I would have realised, like a couple episode titles that I didn't even actually recognise off the top of my head, which to me generally means it's from season nine or beyond. Yeah. But yeah, it was really, really cool. To- so keep them coming through, guys, and it just gives us more of an idea of what you guys like and what you listen to. What I like about it is our audience gets that we're not saying that these are the definitive 10 best episodes. They're just our favourites. It's yeah. okay for everyone to have a different opinion. Just because your favourite episodes don't appear in our list doesn't make our list right or wrong. Yeah. And people are sending in saying, oh, this is this was my top 10. But they're not sending in saying, oh, you guys have no idea what you're talking about. This is the top 10. It's like, no, well, these are the ones that resonate with me. Yeah. And I really like that. I like engaging in conversation with our listeners. So, yeah. We always say, message the page. If you've got something to t- say to us, message us. We'll always write back. I'm going. Oh, all right, here's one that I'm just going to... Because this came through this morning, so I'm okay. just going to pick it up quickly. So, Erin Holland, E-R-R-O-N. Say it again. Erin Lionel Holland. So, I assume Lionel would suggest man. Anyway. Um, <laughs> what? So, his top 10 list. Uh, number 10, The Mysterious Voyage of Homer. Number 9, 22 short stories about Springfield. Short films. <laughs> Okay. Number eight, Itchy and Scratchy Land. Number seven, The Springfield Files. Number six, Bart's Comet. Number five, Marge versus the Monorail. Uh, Bart versus Australia. Cape Fear. A Star is Burns. You only move twice. That's a good list. That is a really, really solid. It's a combination of our lists, really. Yeah. What else have we got? Pat Rennick sent Homer at the Bat as his number one. So he's gone one through to ten. That's Um, a good episode. Homer versus Lisa in the Eighth Commandment. Treehouse of Horror Five. Lisa on Ice. Brother, can you spare two dimes? Homer's enemy. Cape Fear. Homer loves Flanders. Twenty-two short films about Springfield. Last exit to Springfield. Brother, can you spare two dimes? I like that. No one else has mentioned that one. Yeah, same. But even there, so we've gone just two different people at random. There were maybe three crossovers that were the same. And outside of that, seven completely unique episodes. It was really, really cool to just have all that come through. So keep sending them in. Can I say that Brother Can You Spare Two Dimes has one of the best endings ever? Hang on, sorry. He's... uh it does. As, uh, the sperm vibrating in the massage chair. Yeah, but is that, that what you're getting yeah, at? That, 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 but <laughs> just the, my payment is, my gift is, I forgive you. He's uh, like, I understand her. He's like, oh, you idiot, I bought you the chair. Oh, I bought you the damn he's chair. He's kissing him. <laughs> Get out of here, you idiot. 
Uh, he's actually sorry. There was a an amendment sent through replacing Last Exit to Springfield with Homer's Barbershop Quartet. Okay, another great episode. Yeah, so, that's pretty much it. So yeah, so we're going to do more top ten episodes basically. Yeah, that's, people that like was it. the gist of what I'm getting at. Yeah. Um, so let's wrap this one up so we can get into our Christmas special, shall we? Really looking forward to it because getting fucking warm already. Break out the Yuletide. I am sweaty. Is you, I don't even know if a Yuletide is something you break out. I have no idea. What it is, is it, Yuletide? What, what is it? I don't know. Let the Yuletide be gay. Something about troubles away. See you later, guys. See you, guys. <laughs> Shh.